This is Catalog and Cocktails. Presented by Data.World. Anyways, I... Th- this has been an awesome conversation. Let's go to our lightning round, which is presented by data.world, the data catalog for successful cloud migration. I'm going to kick it off. So are AI opportunities in companies underinvested at the moment or overinvested? I think they're underinvesting always in data. Everybody underinvests in data because it's easy to sort of skimp it. Um, and a little bit of overinvesting, I think, in setting up AI organizations that may not be useful. Interesting. That's helpful. Um, all right. Second question. Um, you mentioned that CDAOs are a rising trend. Yes. Should AI be part of that charter? Should yes. it be CDAAIO? Well, you know. It's, it's analytics. I just throw it all in there together. The A, you know, the A is AI and analytics. Yes, it should be. It should. Hold be. on, did, analytics did it, and AI together. But didn't you, did yeah. you just say that Gartner's saying that, and that's confusing people because that's then they're playing. Yeah, all right, they so, do. All right, so A means analytics and AI, but know which one you're well, using. Which are the A's? Yeah, and, and the problem with it is, is that artificial intelligence is not just one brand, no one variety. You've got NLP, you've got all the different kinds of, you've got machine learning, you've got all these different sort of things that AI is. And so it became sort of the umbrella term for everything. So from machine learning and for NLP and for statistical analysis, it became everything. Hmm. That's a very good point. Next question. So we're now seeing these roles called AI engineers or ML machine learning engineers, and we have data engineers. They continue Mm -hmm. to rise. Does that mean that the data scientist role is going away, or is this just a rebranding of the data scientist role? These are these are just taking what the data is because we can't find data scientists all the time, and because they're sort of rare um, and they're expensive. Once you do find them, what they're trying to do is utilize as much of the data scientist as possible by creating machine learning engineers or data engineers to support the statistical, the guys that are doing the statistical analysis, the guys that are running the codes. So that's why you've got this machine learning because machine learning um, data engineers are going to be the ones that are going to end up managing the product of the feature sets. You know, they're going to have to work those back into some organization of some sort. So machine learning engineers are important. I have seen that. In fact, not too long ago, I had to do a job description for what a machine learning engineer is versus a data engineer. Interesting. This is an interesting takeaway here, Ron. Augmenting the data scientist with more specialized roles since it's hard to find all these data scientists, right? Yeah. I was at MIT a couple of weeks ago, and I heard one of the professors there say that by the year, and my light's going out here, uh, by the year 2020, through, uh, 2030, we would require about a million more data in data scientists than we have. So, I'm sorry, my lights, my lights. Have, I'm in, I'm in witness protection. Oh, no worries. Actually, this was funny because it happened the exact same thing happened to our guest last week. Yeah. <laughs> His advice was, you got to move around in your office. Yeah, I'm sure gonna, I'm gonna move around. <laughs> All right, final question too. All right, so our fourth question here. Uh, right now, 
the dashboard report is kind of the primary thing that people think of as the end result after you do a data analysis, right? It's like, oh, it's the dashboard, right? Um, is that going to change, you think, as AI expands and proliferates? Or yeah. do dashboards just get better, more trustworthy? I think... I think what happens to dashboards is that instead of you having to go to them, they come to you. You know, that the information a dashboard has is going to be so versatile that it it comes to you instead of you having to go to a dashboard. Now, there'll still be some things that you're going to want a dashboard for, because quite frankly, that's a way of looking at information in some places that's really helpful because you can compare things side by side. But the data that you need in order to make decisions, you should be able to get anytime, any place as quickly as possible. And that sometimes takes away from a dashboard because the dashboard you gotta, you know, you gotta refresh it, you gotta call it up, it's gotta be, it's gotta be there. So I think dashboards just get better. And I think the movement of the data is gonna get better too. Awesome. Yeah. Better movement of data, better dashboards and Dashboards that find you, maybe they anticipate the questions that you have. Exactly. We got to start putting this AI inside of the dashboard, then, right? So the same way, you like right. you, you, you have the 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 AI that's writing your your white paper, then you're gonna have your AI who's gonna write up and tell you what the dashboard is. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, you it's, have the AI it's, it's 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 ana that's analytics and AI together, right? The AI that's wrote it. the analytics, that's that's really. it. and that's the and that's the data's code. Okay, there we go. We circle it all together. But I mean, yeah. honest, no BS here. Like that's not crazy. I mean, like, like if you actually are able to understand what are the what are the problems you are are doing, and you under and you see kind of different ways of of representing data and stuff, like you, I, I can foresee that. Actually, I'm curious. I'm not. I haven't seen any work or anybody or any tools or companies having the automatic generation of uh, dashboard or stuff. Uh, that's coming. You, you can see that in places. Yeah, you can see automatic generation of a dashboard, automatic generation of, and display of data. That happens in a lot of different places. All right, so time for our take with Tim. Takeaways. TTT Tim, take us away with takeaways. Yeah. So tons of awesome takeaways today. Um, thanks so much, uh, Teresa, for joining us. Um, so we started off with generally data teams are struggling to keep up with the AI teams, uh, that there's a lot of work that has to be done to support the AI teams. Um, uh, you know, a lot of the data preparation work, data engineering work, so much so that even the AI, engin AI engineers are having to do a bunch of time spent mm -hmm. preparing it and, uh, and munging the data, right? Um, and not only are the AI engineers and the broader data teams needing to process the data, prepare the data for AI work, the AI work produces data. It produces these feature sets and the... And these uh, and these uh, derived data sets that then become additional data that you want to leverage that can provide value to the company, um, and this starts to tie into and this will come through our uh, our takeaways a few other times here. This idea of the data product and like oh like these there's these data products coming out of the AI teams and a product approach could be a better way to standardize because uh, you asked that question right of are AI teams following the same standards and approaches as the other day as the other data teams probably not by default mm -hmm. 
Um, are the AI and the data teams working together? Kind of depends on the culture of the company. Many companies that, you know, have collaborative cultures, you know, those teams probably work pretty well together, but in some cases it might be a more contentious environment. And what you find, what you also mentioned, sometimes you see these structural things where actually, you know, an analytics or an AI team may more often than not be actually embedded into a part of the business, whether it's a particular product area, finance, marketing, uh, some other part of the business, whereas the data team might be more centralized in a place like IT. So structurally that can maybe cause problems at times. Um, the way to help people focus on creating data products. Uh, we also talked about purchasing data and purchasing data can also be, you know, data products, third party data can be data products. And a place where you can manage your data products pretty effectively uh, is maybe this analogy of like an exchange. It's kind of mm -hmm. like that stock exchange that you have, where it's like a central corporate function uh, where people can put in data products. Um, they can be empowered to make their data available to others. You can get governance through that. It's kind of like a stock exchange. And uh, if your data product's not being traded, then uh, that's where maybe quality comes in and you need to do a better job of enhancing the quality so it gets traded more. So I like that analogy. And uh, Teams that produce data, teams that consume data, and teams that produce and consume data, AI is, you know, something that can affect all of that. Um, and you mentioned this idea of data as code, um, where, you know, everybody really manages the data. Everyone has responsibility around the data, and treating your data as code can be kind of a, a form and a, a way to think about this from a sort of a, a conceptual standpoint. So, so much more, but Juan, over to you. Yeah, so I love the whole C our discussion about the CDO and the CDAO, right? So you said you've been reading, you analyzing that CDOs have been hired that have more of a technical background. They're not business people, and and yes, the CDOs they need to understand the value of the data, but that doesn't mean that they need to know all the all about the data infrastructure. So it, it's this balance that needs to have, and 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 let's be honest. Managing data isn't always the sexiest job, and not everybody wants to get into it. But analytics, that's the one everybody wants to get into it because that's the one that is direct at cost savings and revenue. So the CDAO is actually combined the worst and the best jobs together. Uh, the CDAO, this is a good trend that we're moving towards, and, and, and they are in a position to make a bigger and, and, and a broader kind of business impact. And how do we get it in different organizations who have these two different teams separate, the data teams and the AI teams, like how do we get them to work together is with those KPIs, they need to be managed together for the different teams and we'll have them get focused aligned to the business. Um, we're going to see all the skill sets for managing data is different from managing data products. I think this is a very, very important takeaway here. Uh, for data products, we're thinking about it needs to be tested. Is it sustainable? Make it available. You need to understand your market. What is the life cycle of the data? What does it need to be uh, taken down? What is the, how do we do versioning? Who are the customers? What is the marketing behind this stuff, right? This is very different than just the kind of like the, the pure data engineering side of the infrastructure uh and then kind of recommendations data teams they want to go very deep and understand the details but you're encouraging them to broaden out and understand the big picture if you can manage data well you can manage the world well and i see somebody put a, a comment about manage data manage the world and i, I kind of like that one and then finally advice for folks looking into kind of setting up their ai teams well people will like well what is the biggest problem the fund the fund the company faces and let's go put ai on it it's like we got to be careful i mean because sometimes those problems can be solved with statistical analysis so we really need to understand what are the problems that the company has today that truly can be solved best by ai and not by existing approaches 
Teresa, how did we do? Wow. Anything we missed? Anything to add? No, that was great. That was great, guys. What a roundup. Amazing. Yeah, well, I mean, we just ran it up what you were talking about. Yeah, so this that's is all all you. That was all you. So. That was great. So, okay, well, let's throw it, throw it back to you for three final questions. What's your advice? Who should we invite next? And what resources do you follow? I mean, people, books, conferences, blogs, podcasts, whatever. Oh, my. Um, so what's your advice? What's my advice? Uh, I think I've given you a ton of it already. My my advice is I don't think that data is going to get less important in an organization. It's going to get more important. So my advice is to start paying attention to it now if you're not. If you are already, pay more attention to it. Spend more money on it. Put your better people on it. Do things that make it different for you. That's my advice. Um, who should you invite next? I'm going to tell you, if you haven't already had her, you need to have, you need to invite Maria Villar. Maria Villar is the chief, uh, is the head of data for SAP. She manages and teaches a master class in data. She's great. So you might, that might be someone that you want to talk to. Um, what do I read? Oh, you know, I read everything. So I, um, I think the best solutions for today's problems come from understanding everything that's happening in the world, not just what's happening in the technical world. And so the technical world, I, you know, I do a lot of uh, reading of, um, I think that the newsletters that come across TechCrunch and some of those, I do that. So I try and keep up with that. But then I read a lot of technical papers too. We're a member of the MIT uh, organization. So I read a lot of research from MIT. But I, th I think that it's still, from a data perspective, it's responding to the world in the shape that the world is in today. So look to the world for your data and for your capabilities. This is a beautiful way of wrapping up this fantastic discussion we had today, Teresa. Thank you so, so much. And just a quick, uh, next week is Thanksgiving in the United States. So Tim and I, we're going to take a quick break. So next week, we won't have any, any live show. After that, on November 30th, we're going to have Allison Sagraves, who is a former CDO of M&T Bank. She has been at had been an entire journey for I think 20 years at MT Bank closing out as a CDO. So it'll be a fantastic discussion with her. And then after that on December 7th, Tim and I are going to be live at DGIQ in Washington, DC. We're going to have we're going to be the closing uh, event at the DGI, DGIQ conference with Catalog and Cocktails. So if you're in Washington, DC, let us know because we're going to be organizing some fun events. That's great. Yeah. And then with that, Teresa. Thank you so much. This was a fantastic oh, conversation. It we was went. great. It was wonderful. You guys are great. Cheers, well, Teresa. Cheers. <laughs>